This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. It's time for another episode of The Drop Podcast. The Drop is an unbiased, in-depth hockey podcast dedicated to the St. Louis Blues and all the hot topics within the NHL. So tell the ref you don't mind the game misconduct penalty. You are headed to the locker room anyway to listen to The Drop. Here's your host, Lance Descott. Welcome back for another episode of The Drop Podcast. Guys, it's been a while since the blue season's been over. Had a couple episodes after that, but really have not been doing too much with the podcast. You know, I do do several shows in the off season just to keep those true fans interested and to keep things going with the blues. Uh, lately, there's been a lot going on with the blues, not really player-wise, but coaching-wise. They brought in uh, players such as Daryl Sador, uh, the former NHLer as a coach. He was with uh, Mike Yao in uh, um, Minnesota. We also got uh, uh, Ott. Steve Ott comes back as a coach, and we all know him as a former player, tough guy, and uh, he will be also an assistant coach to Coach Mike. Then they bring back Barrett Jackman as a uh, development coach for the young players, so hopefully that'll be good for the Blues. These guys they got, they have a very, very interesting history. I know some of the fans probably already know a lot about these guys when it comes to uh, Kachuk Barube and Alexander, uh, but uh, some of you don't, so I thought I would take a little bit of a show uh, to fill you in on that. Plus, I want to talk about the Stanley Cup, the playoff structure, um, how it uh, benefits certain teams and how it doesn't benefit other teams. I want to talk about the President's Trophy. What does that mean? Is it really important? And I also want to talk about a player that I feel uh, you either love him or you really, really can't stand him, and that is uh, Sidney Crosby. So why don't we go ahead and uh, get into uh, the Blues side of it, and let's talk about uh, some of these guys that the Blues have signed as coaches we know that, uh, like I said, you guys know some of these guys from previous careers. But uh, let's get into uh, Barube. Um, I don't know if you guys remember him, but he was quite a tough guy in the 90s uh, with uh, several different teams, the Flyers, the Capitals. And he started up, man. He fought uh, Ty Domi. He fought Luke Richardson. He even fought Bob Probert. So this guy is a tough, tough guy. He even took it to the extent of punching an official, uh, Kevin Collins, uh, during his uh, playing career. So uh, he doesn't like uh, to mess around with people. He tends to be a punisher. So hopefully he'll bring a little bit of toughness to the Blues. When it comes to David uh, Kachuk, um, you know, he was uh, formerly an assistant coach with uh, Kitchener Rangers, and uh, he signed with the Blues uh, to be an assistant coach, and uh, I, I think he's going to bring some things to the table. Uh, he played a lot of minor league hockey in uh, Canada and the U.S., and also played over in Europe. And with him coming in as a goalie coach, that's going to be very important for the Blues because we know um, you know, Ty Conklin was the Blues goalie coach and they had to move him out and bring in uh, assistant GM uh, Marty Brodeur to help Jake Allen. And Jake Allen really benefited from that. So what kind of relationship is Alexander going to basically have with Jake Allen? Hopefully it's a good one. Hopefully they've met a few times. Like I said, uh, you know, he had been a goalie coach for a couple uh, other OHL teams. Uh, Syrac the Syracuse Crunch was actually his 
uh, last assignment. And hopefully he'll be doing some good things for the Blues. Uh, like I said, we already know about adding Daryl Sador and Steve Ott as assistant coaches. And uh, we also know about bringing Jack Bananas as, as a development coach. I don't know how well Steve Ott will do. He has no experience as an assistant coach. Hopefully he can teach the kids, some of the young kids, um, some of uh, his attributes, which was being an antagonizer. I'm hoping he doesn't bring his ability to, to get bad penalties because you've got to admit that Steve Ott was feast or famine. He would either draw a penalty and get the other team to take a bad one or he would take a bad one. So hopefully he'll bring some of that to the Blues. I know there's a lot of talk into this offseason. The Blues, you know, I know you fans out there want a lot of new players and bring people in. But guys, we are so strapped when it comes to the salary cap. I don't know what the Blues can do. I, I, I really, really don't. I, you know, can Doug Armstrong pull something off? Will a player be taken in an expansion in the expansion draft that the Blues can dump some salary? I don't know. But I keep hearing a lot of people saying, oh, Steve A. It's, it's Steve A. TJ Oshie's coming back. And, folks, I don't see that happening. Uh, don't get your mindset on that. It would be nice to see TJ back in a Blues uniform. But the Blues definitely can't afford him. He's going to want six to seven and a half million dollars a season and he's probably going to get it but uh, the blues just can't afford that we've got so much coming up like i said the expansion draft and i'm going to have a special episode on that i'm going to be interviewing the guys from the vegas hockey podcast and we're going to talk a little bit about the blues relationship with the uh, chicago wolves and of course the golden knights of vegas and how that's working out and what uh, the guys think from the vegas hockey podcast about that we're going to look into the expansion draft, get their thoughts on that, the amateur draft, free agents trade. So it should be a good episode. That'll be my next episode after this one. But let's not get a little too far ahead of ourselves. Like I said, I wanted to talk a little bit about this year's um, Stanley Cup and, um, you know, what happened with it. We had a number eight team, which is, you know, it's, it's good to see a team that, uh, you know, didn't finish great, but it was a good team, and they fought hard, and they played well enough to get to the Stanley Cup. But the Penguins were just too much for them, and it ended up to where they weren't able to uh, to really do too much. So, uh, you know, that's that. The Stanley Cup champions are the Pittsburgh Penguins. Let's go ahead and stay with that theme, and let's get into Sidney Crosby. Guys, I am sick and tired me personally, of hearing that Sidney Crosby is one of the top five players of all time. No, he is not. And a lot of people base that on Stanley Cups. You know, you, you can't do that. It, uh, the Stanley Cup win is a team effort. And I feel the same way about football when people say that Dan Marino's not as good of a quarterback as uh, John Elway or as, you know, the, the, some of the other guys, uh, Brett Favre that won uh, you know, um, Super Bowls, that, that's totally wrong. I go with pure stats and how those guys fit in with other players that played a similar amount of time. Is Sidney Crosby a very good player? Yes. Is he probably in the top 100 players of all time? Yes. Is he a top five player? No. Is he a top 10 player? No. Is he a top 20 player? No. Maybe by the time he finishes his career, he will be. But in my mind, he's not. 
Let's go ahead and go over some of his stats. He's been in the league for 12 years now. 12 years. His biggest goal production was in 2009-2010. He had 51 goals. He's only hit the 50-goal mark once. He has only hit the 40-goal mark once. So, guys, he normally scores in the 30s. He has scored 382 goals in his career, in his 12-year career. So, you take that. That is about 30, let's see, 30, 31 to 32 goals a year, somewhere in that range. Is someone that scores 30 to 32 goals a year the top five player of all time? No. His assist, very good with assist, 645 regular season assist for a total of 1,000 points. So that's good. That's, that's very good. He's been good in the playoffs. But, guys, you know, he's not the top five player. Playoffs, he's been in 148 games. He scored 57 goals. So that's one every two point something games. Assist, yes. He has about a .7.8 assist per game when it comes to playoffs. And, you know, he's he's had 164 points in 148 playoff games. So that's a little over a point a game if you include all of his time. I'm going to get a lot of backlash with this, just like I did over the top 100 players of all time and uh, some of the goalies on there they put, and such as Billy Smith. Billy Smith was a good goalie. Um, doesn't have near the wins of Curtis Joseph and several other goalies, but yet Cujo didn't get in, but Billy Smith did. Why? Because of Stanley Cups. Not for his goals against average, not for his wins, but because of his Stanley Cups. Are we talking about the greatest Stanley Cup winners? Are we talking about the greatest players? You know, guys, Sidney Crosby's a good player. And please don't call him Sid the Kid. He's almost 30 years old. He's not a kid. Um, And that's just my take on that. I know I'm going to get a lot of backlashes from people and say, oh, he's been hurt throughout his career and... 2011 2012 he only played 22 games and the next season he only played 36 and you know that that's really really hurt him big time yeah probably has but everybody gets hurt look at Alex Ovechkin in my mind Alex Ovechkin regardless of Stanley Cups is a much better player than Sidney Crosby Uh, you know you Penguins fans I'm sure you love him and he's a good player he's a very good player but he is not in the top 10 top 20 players of all time uh, Mike Bossy was a much better player. Eight seasons of straight with 50-plus goals. Not even close uh, of an argument about that with Sidney Crosby. Much better player than Sidney Crosby. And I'm not an Islanders fan, and I'm not a Mike Bossy fan. So that's my opinion on Sidney Crosby. Take it what you will. Email me some hate mail. Email me some love mail. Just do something. Email it at at uh, the official drop at gmail.com and uh, let me know what you think. Now let's get into the playoff structure. Why, if you were a team, would you uh, play your butt off to get the President's Cup or to finish in the top one or two teams in your league? People are going to say, well, then you're going to play the seventh or eighth seed. Great. Awesome. 
Look what happened this year with Chicago. They played Nashville. Nashville squeaked into the playoffs and beat them. What does it matter to win the President's Cup? It means nothing. And the reason it means nothing is this. The regular season, the referees officiate games one way. And that is totally different than the way they officiate in the playoffs. They officiate in the regular season that gives both teams an opportunity to win and the teams with the most skill end up showing up and winning and that's who gets the president's trophy. The teams that don't have the most skill that are what I call fighter teams or thug teams, teams that you know are play hard and do their best, but they just don't have as many good players as the top couple teams in their league. When we get to the playoffs, what do they do? They totally change the way they officiate games. They officiate it to where it favors those lower teams. And it makes it harder on the teams with the more talent because there's more clutching and grabbing. There's more high sticking. There's more forechecking. There's more tripping. There's more sticks to the face. There's more gloves to the face. There's more elbows to the head in the boards that aren't called. So who is that going to favor? It's going to favor those lower teams. And that's why we've seen a number eight seed get into the Stanley Cup Finals this year. Don't get me wrong, guys. I like a Cinderella story. But I like a Cinderella story when a game is officiated the same way as it was in the regular season. If Nashville would have made it to the uh, uh, Stanley Cup and the, the officiating was the same, hey, guys, more power to you. You deserve it. Nashville played very, very hard. And uh, they made it to the Stanley Cup Finals because of the officiating change. The NHL needs to do something. And here's what I recommend they do. The top two teams in each conference get a first-round bye. I know people aren't going to like it, but then that's going to mean something. That is going to mean something coming in or coming out of the playoffs. They get a rest. You know, they deserve something not just the, to play one against eight. Because that doesn't matter, guys, if you're playing against teams that the officiating helps out. It, it doesn't matter. It has to be something we can do. Number one and two, get a bye the first round. Three plays eight, four plays seven, and five plays six. Do it that way. Or if you, if you want to do it a little bit different, Let's go back to where the NHL had it like this. And it's been a while, but let's just take the top 16 teams overall. I want that to happen because then you're going to have teams like um, the Islanders almost made it. They may have made it into the playoffs if you'd have taken the top 16 teams. But the NHL won't do that, and here's why they won't do that. If they did that, and let's say 10 or 11 out of the 16 teams were from the West Western Conference, the NHL would be royally upset because they didn't have more Eastern Conference teams in. And vice versa. If it was all Eastern Conference teams in, you know, it, it wouldn't be fair on that either. So I don't know how you do anything with that. But in my mind, let's take the top two seeds, number one, number two in the Eastern Conference, number one, number two in the Western Conference, and let's give them a first-round bye. Let's do that for these teams that play hard and work hard and have the most skill and deserve something. 
you know, and, and not just a trophy and not just to play a number eight seed. What does that mean? A number eight seed could come in playing hot. And as I said, the style of officiating is going to help a number eight seed. It's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to do it. Look at the struggles of Chicago against Nashville. Yeah, Chicago didn't play well, but it was officiated different. Look at the struggles that uh, um, Washington had in the first round. It, that was not an easy series for them. It, it, it wasn't. I mean, look at what Toronto took them to. And Toronto's a good young team, but there's got to be something, guys, we can do to really say, hey, you worked your butt offs. You are the top two teams in your conference. You get a first-round bye. And the NHL, I don't think, will go for that because guess what, guys? There's That's going to cost them a lot of money. But I think that would be a great, great way to go. And that's my recommendation to you, Gary Bettman. So, uh, hey, I don't think he listens to my podcast, but maybe he does. I have a lot of uh, downloads you know, a ton of downloads, a large, large audience throughout the U.S., North America, Europe. I have uh, followers from Russia, Sweden, uh, you know, and I thank everybody for that. But hey, go along with my idea. Let's start sending emails to the NHL front office. Start sending letters to the NHL front office. Letters? What are those? Yes, guys, letters. You take a writing utensil that's called a pen or pencil and you write a letter and you put it on an envelope and you send it to somewhere. I know that a lot of us used to do that and some of us younger ones uh, probably have never done that. But let's get back to that or let's send some emails to the NHL. And if you agree with me or hey, if you've got a better idea for a, a different playoff structure, email it to me. Email it to the NHL. Let's put some pressure on them, guys. I want to thank everybody for joining me for this episode of the Drop Podcast. I know everybody's excited with these new moves the Blues made. I know it's just coaching staff, but it may be very good for the Blues to get some guys in there that have some grit, that have some toughness, that have been in the NHL for a while, such as Daryl Sador, such as Barrett Jackman, such as Steve Ott. And I wasn't a huge Barrett Jackman fan. I thought he was a very good defenseman, a top defenseman for a couple years, and then he got injured and he lost a lot. But the guy played with a lot of heart, loved the city, and I hope he can help the Blues develop some good young players. Thanks again for joining me. I've been your host, Lance Descott. And hey, remember, coming up next week, I'm going to be talking to the Vegas Hockey Podcast. We're going to get the latest on what's going on with them, their their expansion draft, trades, uh, amateur draft, free agents. So please join me for that. Until next time, let's go Blues. This has been the Drop Podcast. Don't forget to visit our website, www.droppodcast.com, where you can subscribe to our show and download current and past episodes from iTunes, Stitcher.com, and Google Play. You can follow The Drop on Twitter at OfficialTheDrop. For more information about lineupmedia.fm or The Drop Podcast, email us at info at lineupmediagroup.com, theofficialdrop at gmail.com, or lanced at droppodcast.com. Until next time, let's go blues. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.